1: podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, uh, we lost another of our top players on the Rutgers basketball team. Paul Mulcahy announced this morning that he is entering the transfer portal. Uh, This is something that uh, I know we've all been kind of at the edge of our seats regarding Paul because he hasn't made some kind of formal announcement. I'm told that you know, this wasn't something that was in the works like all off-season. This is something that happened fairly recently. Everybody around the program was expecting him to return until honestly this week. Like things changed in the last few days. Talk about what happened with the Paul situation and then we'll kind of talk about how big of a loss this is to the team next year.
0: Yeah, so we got word—I want to say about a week ago or something like that—started posting on the board, hinted as much as we could. Um, end of the day, uh, I know some people weren't happy with the way we hinted stuff, but like we, you can't burn a source; you, you do what your source yep. says for the most part. So, we did the right thing, posted about it. And Everyone's first reaction to Paul entering portals like fucking nil. I goddamn nil. Are you kidding me? Like this guy, blah blah blah. This isn't hmm, not if it's a hundred percent of why he's leaving. I would say about ten percent of that reason is nil. Um, the majority it is, is because he, he was criticized by the fan base and he didn't like being criticized by the fan base. Um, he had some struggles this year. I think that's pretty obvious, whether it be because of the shoulder injury or not, it's a pretty well-documented injury. Um, I'm sure it affected his game a little bit, but you could see him visibly upset on the court at times. And yeah, whether it be the losses adding up, um, the injury getting attacked on Twitter by an entire fan base. It went in Indiana at one point to the point where he deletes his social media completely. um, mm-hmm. We've heard Paul say that say that multiple times in the past. Um, and now he just wants to change the scenery to end his career. Um I if you want my overall thoughts on it, I, I don't know what you think's gonna happen. You're a high major college basketball player. You're gonna get yeah. criticized anywhere you go. Are fans nowadays a little bit more ruly, unruly and just a little bit more like active because the way social media is, you can just tweet at whatever player it is. Yeah. yeah. Look at Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler uh, was on social media playing audio messages he was getting from fans. Yeah. Like that's just the way it is. And if you want to be a high major college basketball player, I'm sorry, but you got to kind of deal with it. Like that's this is like yeah, you're running away fans, from it. Like approach
1: the accessibility to celebrities in general is easier now than <laughs> it ever was. And this is like Rutgers fan base is not any more any less vicious than any other fan base i'd say it's pretty tame overall like sure i have no doubt that there were people who booed him at times i have no doubt that there were people who sent him terrible things in his dms Mm -hmm. but there was just as many people encouraging him and trying to to boost him up and at the end of the day like he was a very emotional player and sometimes that created awesome moments on the court but i think more Mm -hmm. often than not it created negative moments like if we're just looking at like some of the stuff he did on the court like he almost lost a game for us at, at Indiana fighting a guy on the sideline, uh, fighting mm-hmm. a player. Like he was, he tripped players on the court multiple times. Like every time he went to the hole and didn't get a call, he was screaming at the refs or like looking in astonishment that he didn't get the call. How many times did he had called for flopping, which is something yeah. you never see. Like he was <clears throat> anytime he'd make a mistake, he'd be like screaming or slamming the ball on the court. If he made two or three bad plays early in a game, he was just moping the whole time. Like, I have no doubt that it was extremely difficult to play, especially the last few years at the high major level in any sport. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like you are responsible for your actions on the court. And if people I'd say that if people were reacting negatively, it's not because of the way he was playing on the court. It was the way he was acting on the court. And don't get me wrong. We are going to miss Paul Mulcahy as a leader as a player like you can't really replace a fifth year senior this late in the process who's so ingrained in the culture so ingrained in the playing style like he knows mm-hmm. what the coach is looking for at all times but to think that you know these these criticisms came out of nowhere i think is naive too like they like if people were <laughs> criticizing you there's probably reason behind it
0: yeah, That's all I'm saying. He he had some really high highs and some really low lows. If he if he made a contested layup or a contested shot, that was it. That was the spark he needed. And then he'd go mm-hmm. off for like a little tangent of uh, a couple assists, a couple buckets here or there. If he missed like a – he smoked a wide open layup at one point, And then that was it. Like he actually he goes on to miss the next four layups. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Like you're shooting questionable shots now. Like relax a little mm-hmm. bit. Um. Yeah. No. He. Uh. It was. like I guess you said high highs and low lows. But I want to go back to the the fan base thing. Like, if I know people on the, I see people on our board saying that they're like our fan base sucks, and it's like, dude, this is nothing compared to any other fan base. Like, look at um, you go to Alabama on their website last year when they lost a the game. Holy mm-hmm.
1: shit! They're gonna yeah. torch the town. Yeah. Like, do you remember Trace Jackson Davis coming out and just like showing some of his DMs? Like, he just literally had like pages and pages full of DMs from people giving him shit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is Rutgers is fairly tame compared to some of the blue bloods. Like, yeah. if you if you were to to mess up a game in the NCAA tournament, like for a team like Kentucky or Indiana mm-hmm. or Duke or North Carolina, like you are going to get this tidal wave of crazy people coming at you. That's Rut- Rutgers people will do the same, but it's not like nearly the volume or the, feroc- or the veracity. Like, and I'm not in his DMs. I'm not in his mentions. Like, I don't know what he received, but at the same time, like, I see that as a very weak excuse to to leave a school you've been at for four years. I can totally understand if it a Cam Spencer type situation where he's here for a year, he gets these crazy NIL offers from mm-hmm. you know the gray area of college recruiting. And he ends up getting a huge paycheck that that to me makes sense. But being unhappy with the way people treated you, like, I don't know, like that just, that doesn't sit well with me.
0: No, I agree. Uh, It's a, I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. It's just a soft move. Like it's, that's a soft thing to say. Like it's, it's ugly. It's not. And that's how you're going to end your, like your Rutgers career. You want to be, you were one of the culture changers, so to speak. And now it's like, this kind of tarnishes your legacy a little bit. You're supposed to be New Jersey's point guard, which you also put in your post. You can't be New Jersey's point guard, not playing for New Jersey team. So unless you're going to Seton Hall or Monmouth or Ryder, which you're probably not going to any of those sounds like uh, right now, Illinois and St. John's re- uh, are the favorites. I know I heard, I saw it was gory, I just post Kentucky, Michigan state, someone else. Um, so it's like, you're not New Jersey's point guard anymore. Like, And then on top of that, you you really weren't New Jersey's point guard at the end of the season either. Like, I'm sorry for criticizing you again, but like, you you fell off on the end of the season and you got replaced by a true freshman in Derek Simpson who stepped up pretty big. I know they were still losing games. Like, they lost, I mean, goddamn, you lost to Hofstra. Um, yeah, but yeah, it it is what it is. And I think it's kind of moving on, I guess, from this a little bit. Um, I don't think it's that hard to replace him. I think the new lineup is gonna be fast. It's gonna be completely different. Like now you're not gonna
1: be able to replace you might not start or play as many minutes as he Mm -hmm. had, but you're not gonna replace him in the rotation this late with a a player that's comparable. Like if he's your sixth man and he's you know, he's your you know fifth best starter, you're not gonna replace that in the portal at this point.
0: No, but I do think at the same time the tempo is going to be completely different. He slowed up the game a lot for Rutgers. Yeah. Like it was not, it was boring basketball to be honest with you. Um, It was slow paced and they weren't really scoring either. So that wasn't helping. But now Mm -hmm. um, he's going to be a a big one for Rutgers. Uh, His pace alone is fast as hell. Add in Gavin Griffiths, add in uh Cliff running the floor more, which he already does, I guess, at this point. But uh and then Mount Mag, when he's healthy, maybe he could slide down to the three and you could put Griffiths at the four, or vice versa. And you can kind of mix and match this lineup a little bit more now. Um, and th- that was the big question mark. Like we really didn't know where Paul was gonna be slotted. We kinda I kinda put him at the three just because of his height and everything, but he wasn't guarding, he wasn't able to guard threes. Like that's another thing. His defensively he was wasn't the best. I know everyone's going to yep. be like, look at his steel numbers. Like stop using steals as a fucking the go-to stat for defensive like stuff. It's not mm-hmm. anywhere near the top stat. Like, it's, uh, but there's, they're maybe not going to replace him, so to speak as a passer as a facilitator. But I don't know. I, I think that this is going to be a completely different looking team this year.
1: It will. And I, I don't want it to sound like we hate Paul. Like I I would love to have Paul back. He was a great Scarlet Knight in the end. It sucks that he's leaving under these circumstances, but I think we kind of got to call it as it is with what we're, you know, what we're hearing is how it went down. Um, it also kind of brings like a very interesting and, and <clears> Rutgers <throat> is kind of uniquely getting attacked by this because while our NIL isn't like terrible, it's not as beefed mm-hmm. up as some of these other programs. And since Pike has a developmental program, he has a lot of older players on the team. Um, so they're right for picking because, you know, they're graduate level transfers. Or they 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 graduated, so they can transfer anytime. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna I think you're gonna see a lot more players not enter that original transfer window. And if they're a grad transfer, hold out and then wait, which is terrible for team building. Like it is so hard to recover from this this late in the process for Pike. Yeah. You almost have to like take guys preemptively in the thought that somebody might leave, um, it's just impossible to recover this late uh, when you don't have the ability to recruit younger guys too. Um, so I, it yeah. sucks that it's happened twice to us, but I do think this will be a, a trend that continues next season in college basketball. Um, Man, so
0: well, good news is there's only one other grad tra- graduate on the uh, on the roster, and it just sounds like he's fully staying. And Andre Hyatt, but uh, Andre Hyatt, yep. His role is going to increase. He's going to have to play more of that guard wing role. Um, he's probably a starter right now, um, pending what they do via portal. I would probably argue it's Fernandes, Simpson, Hyatt, and then Mag's not back. So Mag's on the bench. Maybe Griffith's at the four. Let's play a s- not small ball because he is 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, but um, yeah, <laughs> you got some... Uh, you got an interesting looking roster right now. I don't know how I f- how I feel about it overall. I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's like bottom barrel Big Ten, but I think it's definitely like lower of the middle section of the Big Ten right now. I know people hadn't projected as, early, as high as 6th or 7th earlier this week, last week, whatever it was. I'd probably drop that down like 8th at the moment, maybe 7th around there. Mm-hmm. It all depends. It really depends on how these guys step up. Can Qu- Is Cliff going to be a totally different Cliff? Is he going to take the advice that he got from all these NBA uh, personnel? And then Gavin Griffiths, man, just got to be ready to play from day one.
1: Yeah, no, uh, we're unfortunately going to need contributions from our younger guys this year. Yeah. We're going to need serious contributions from Gavin. You know, Jamichael Davis, we probably uh, yeah. were thinking redshirt, but now he's going to have a place in the rotation yeah. most likely. Antonio Chol was a guy that was getting a lot of hype last year, but now uh, he mm-hmm. redshirted. Uh, Thankfully, but now we're going to need some contributions from um, and we're going to need to add more players. So how do you see this roster taking shape? The rest of assuming that it's, you know, the guys we have on the roster right now don't leave and there isn't some kind of another unforeseen incident. How do you see this roster getting rounded out um, over the next couple weeks, I guess?
0: So I'm looking now, you got four scholarships available. I'm gonna go right now, uh, not really out on a limb, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you're probably gonna get an experienced big man from college. And the heavy favorite right now would be Emmanuel Ogbol, a JUCO out of Monroe College. Um, He was on an official visit, I wanna say a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, I forget the exact date, but he was on an official visit recently. Staff really likes him. Watched his tape quite a bit. He did suffer a couple injuries. at Monroe College, but he's good to go. He's super athletic, man. He's offensively, I think he's still a little challenged, but defensively, like he's he's a monster down low. Like he has a crazy long wingspan. He's ripped. Um, isn't afraid to play bully ball. Good rebounder. Uh, great footwork for a defensive uh guy, and it kind of allows Wolfolk to kind of still develop too, while you have this guy now. Uh, backing up Cliff, who maybe he's not going to play a ton of minutes next, uh, uh, behind Cliff because Cliff's still probably going to play that 30 minutes, but this guy could come in for a year, sit behind Cliff, and then battle it out with Wolfolk for that starting job in 24, 25, and then uh, with and Lathan Somerville as well too. So I think that's going to be one addition. So that fills one scholarship. You still have three left. You need guards and guards and maybe a wing.
1: So Ogbo, um, if I'm you know reading this correctly, he is. Got three years of eligibility left. He was a freshman last yes. year, yep. so he he averaged uh, let's see, he averaged eight point two
0: rebounds. Go on. I don't think they're crazy good, are they?
1: No, he averaged uh, 12.3 points per game, eight point two rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had um, he had forty nine blocks on the season in twenty two games, so he, he averaged over two blocks a game. Mm-hmm. He shot almost seventy percent from the field. Uh, you know, free throw shooting, he shot around 50%. So that'll be an area he needs to work on, but it sounds like this is a similar player to cliff in the sense that he's, you know, he's primarily just a guy who can score inside the key. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, he's super athletic. He's super young. He's from Nigeria. Uh, I don't believe he's been playing organized basketball for very long. So this is a kid who probably has a lot of upside and, you know, you just got to hope that he can learn from cliff uh, as a fellow fellow big man from nigeria i'm sure they'll have you know a lot in common and a lot of uh they'll probably get pretty close pretty quickly but yeah
0: well they're they're going over there as well so a mm-hmm. lot of people um forgot about that i actually i think they're going to are they going to nigeria i forget this is they're
1: going to senegal, senegal. and okay. portugal
0: that's what it was um so there's an interesting backstory with him emmanuel Ogbo. he's a uh, I started playing organized basketball in 2018. He started working with this with one of the Nigerian, uh, trainers over there. Um, I actually spoke with them recently, the training group, and, uh, they actually are from, they've lived in Asbury park and they've also lived in Kearney. So there's okay. some connections. Um, they're still in Nigeria right now, training athletes. They have partnerships with several notable, um, former professional guys, including, um, OCU Manura who's part of a okay. group that kind of helps them get uh, guys over from Nigeria to play organized football. And uh, that's cool. No, and both. Oh, both. Okay. Yeah, they do both. So the the story behind him really quick is that David Agoa is from Nigeria. He is um, international player brought in by the Raiders for a workout Signed with the Raiders back in, uh, I forget what it was. I don't even remember when it was to be honest, uh, a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago or something like that. He, uh, not even a year ago, a couple six months ago. I mean, am I reading this wrong? I'm reading this completely wrong. It, excuse my, whatever I just said, May 5th, he signed with the Raiders Jeez, via Fair the God. international pathway, which is like a new path for the guys to go from, uh, overseas to the NFL to either the NBA, whatever. Um, so yeah, so they trained him and he was actually sitting in on one of the workouts and he went up to the trainers and he's like, Hey, there's this guy from my hometown. I don't know, like, if, if he plays like any sports or anything, but he's huge. Like, you guys got to get him in here and playing either basketball or football or whatever. And just so happened, it worked out really well. And uh, now he's a basketball player. He goes over, goes back to the U.S., plays a year at JUCO, figures out the game a little bit more. And uh, here we are. He's got a scholarship to Rutgers, and uh, was on an official visit. Uh, what I say a week ago, two weeks ago, and the only other team that knew about him was uh, Seton Hall, who was also down the street from Monroe. So interesting. Yeah. It's a uh, definitely an interesting background there, but there's a little more to it too, which I'll dive into in the next couple of days, but yeah. Uh, crazy background, crazy defender. He's got decent touch around the rim. It looks like um, good balance, very powerful, but just very raw. So, I mean, that's, that's the big issue there, but let him and Wolfolk battle it out for that backup spot. And then uh, kind of go from there, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, Regarding the rest of the roster, though, obviously we want to add more than just a big man. We probably need at least one guard, probably maybe more like two or three. Um, yeah. So what are, you, are you hearing any specific names or just that the staff knows it's a priority and that they need to, to come up with? Because obviously the Joey Hart kid from Indiana, they're, they're looking at mm-hmm. a lot of different options to round out this roster. Are you hearing any specific names or just, like I said, that they know they need to?
0: So, I mean, I'll just start with the Joey Hart situation. Um, I posted this on the board the other day. Um, so, if you're not on the board, you're, number one, you're missing out. So, you, you fucked oh, yeah. up because we had a free trial till fall camp last week. Um, si- side note, shout out to like the 60 of you that signed up. That was awesome. Like a wow. two-day span. I That's was great. like, holy shit. Like, who are you people? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway um, – yeah, so Joey Hart uh, wants to stay kind of close to home to his hometown of Indiana. He's right around the corner from Bloomington. Indiana is reaching out, but doesn't sound like they're going to offer scholarships. So now the situation goes okay. back to Kentucky, who has like seven scholarship players currently, which is what you said it off pod. And I, it's kind of insane for Kentucky to have seven kids on scholarship.
1: And it's even crazier that if you look at their scholarship distribution, five freshmen, two sophomores, that's it. I think they're trying to get that kid Reeves to come back. But literally, Mm -hmm. I mean, most of their freshmen are one and dunce too. So that roster is going to be – it's kind of scary when you even look at, like, we think we're having problems with a roster. Like, these big schools are having problems too. Like, you look Mm at North Carolina, you look at, you know, Kentucky. Like, these schools are having trouble keeping a roster together just like Rutgers is. So it's not just a uniquely Rutgers problem.
0: Yeah, and that's that's – the, the blue blood, like the literal blue blood, mm-hmm. Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mind you, if sounds like he's on a visit this weekend, I believe if he does get an offer from Kentucky, that's it. Moot point doesn't matter. He's staying there, going to Kentucky. It's not too far from Indiana, whatever. If he doesn't go to Kentucky, that's where Rutgers chances are a little bit. Um, The staff is pushing to get him on campus. I was speaking to someone yesterday who thinks they can get him to campus and get him on a visit and then they can kind of sell the family, sell him on the, how the staff, the culture, how they're going to take care of them, like basically family. I know it's far away, but he can go home whenever he wants, Um, all that good stuff. If Kentucky doesn't offer, I think Rutgers is a great shot. If not, if Kentucky offers, like I said, it's done. It's over with, but we'll wait and see there. Um, I started looking into the portal a little bit just to see what guards are available and have connections to Jersey, to the coaching staff, obviously, Martin Williams. Uh, had a guard in a portal, but he just committed to uh, Jason Zarahans, Mella. one of those, I forget what it was, some of the Z. Ended up committing to Oregon, so he's out. Uh, there was two other guards from Central Michigan in the portal, but they committed elsewhere, not, I want to say a month ago or two, so that they're out. I think Luther Muhammad's probably your best option at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, former Jersey kid, I believe he was Hudson Catholic, if I recall correctly um went to ohio state so he's got big 10 experience and then went to arizona state this past season now he has a pretty hefty injury history but he had a lot of potential coming out of high school i think we still have him ranked as like a top 70 portal kid so if you can somehow just get any type of production out of him i think that would be huge for ruckers either newark new jersey native um what do you average last year he only averaged 3.7 so he didn't he didn't play a ton uh he did appear in 36 games but he just didn't Play many minutes. Um, his best season ever was his freshman year. We had seven point six points per game in at Ohio State. So Big Ten experience, Jersey guy, a taller guard too. It's like I think he's 6'5", six five six. No, no, I'm sorry. He's a little smaller than that. 6'4", 195 He's listed that actually. We had him listed higher in high school, which is wild. But hmm. um, I, I, I mean, just for depth purposes, if you can sell him on the fact that, like, hey man, like we know it's been four years it's clearly like not clicking a little bit like just come in fill a role for a couple i'm gonna say 10 to 15 minutes tops and then that's all we need from you maybe you can get a little niche of like a a corner specialist or something like that but i'd go after him hard and then there's some others out there that are jersey guys too like noah farrakhan played at the patrick school but had his struggles at east carolina and then uh then actually had a really good second year where he averaged like 16 points per game and then uh, averaged 12 this past season. But I don't think you want a starting point guard because that's Fernandes' spot. Derek Stimson is probably right now your starting shooting guard or vice versa, whatever you want to do. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think you need a two guard. and I think Luther Muhammad kind of fits that role perfectly almost.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you kind of have to be flexible with what you're looking for at this point. And Mm -hmm. so if any of these guys are showing interest or, uh, are interested in taking some kind of like non-guaranteed starting role, like that's, it's a tough sell right now because there are schools that are selling, even if it's not (laughs) the truth, they're selling starting roles when they're trying to get these portal kids on campus. Pike is not the type of coach who does that. Um, yeah,
0: or you know what you could do? You could just do what, I don't know, like what Notre Dame, Georgetown, Illinois are all doing and just hamper with someone and be like, hey, you're a grad transfer. You want to come come play here? Like,
1: The problem is like every school is already doing that. So I, I think any kids who are susceptible to being lured into the portal probably already have been at this point. You would think, um, yeah. Or at least are close. I don't know, because like it's the same problem, right? Where if like if you are if you the first person to recruit a kid and you've been recruiting him for a month now mm-hmm. and then he decides to enter the portal, you have that. And it, it, it's like such a microcosm of where recruiting is right now that a month can be so important where like traditionally it's like, I've been recruiting this kid since he was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But having a month head start in the portal right now is a huge, huge head start. So if you've been recruiting a kid for that long under the radar and then he enters the portal, like, you have a huge leg up. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm just I'm just bullshitting here, but I'm, I'm looking at Central Michigan's roster. I don't know. I'm trying to see if he entered the portal or not. I don't think he did. So I just said they had a couple guards that did enter the portal. But Brian Taylor, their leading scorer last year, Detroit, Michigan, which Marlon Williams connection via the mm. staff, via this, via that. Um, uh, I, I don't know. think he entered the portal. He did graduate. He tweeted on May 7th. He graduated. Um, led their team in scoring. Did not enter the portal yet. Fourteen point four points per game. He's a six six guard. Hear me out. This is making. Oh, I just put it all together within seconds. Look at that. <laughs> Any average six rebounds. It's pretty damn good. Twenty eight percent from three, which I that's that's like Paul McCahey numbers. Mm. Sorry, I got. stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, ultimately the staff's gonna have to get creative. We don't really have the time to. To hope for the best situation, um, but you know, I guess we'll just kind of see how things go. Is there anything else basketball related you wanted to hit on before we change subjects here?
0: Ooh, Tuesday, 2:30, 4:30, one of one of those times. I forget what time it is. Um, it's Eastern time. It's either two thirty, four thirty. Bryce Dorch is making his announcement between Rutgers, it's four it's 4:30 4:30 Eastern. thirty Eastern, Rutgers, Virginia Tech, or Temple. Temple. I don't. I think they just threw that out there for fun. Um Virginia Tech was supposed to get an official visit from him. He, they did not. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't anticipate him going to campus this weekend. And Rutgers is the fresh recent official visit. I already put my future cast in. You guys already saw. Um, I spoke with someone yesterday in, in depth about it. And they they said go for it, throw it up there. And I was like, all right, cool. Here we go. And uh, it sounds like Rutgers might be getting number 125 in the 2024 class to go with number, what, three right now? And number 90-something? I forget what Lathan Somerville is. It might just be 90. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, and I mean, and you're just missing one more piece after that, and then everyone can stop crying about 2023 and be like, yeah, screw that year. Let's go next year.
1: Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting how how, you know, down in the dumps we might feel right now. Mm-hmm. And looking on the horizon, what the class of 2024 is shaping up to be like, if things go the way that we think they will in the way that we future cast them to mm-hmm. Rutgers is going to have two of the top four players in the 24 class, along with two other four star players, two other four stars ranked in the top 125. And those rankings are probably not what they'll be by the end. Cause if you look around the industry right now, you know, i We've had two competing sites rank Dylan Harper number one in the last few weeks in their ranking updates. I, From what you've said, it sounds like Rivals is uh, likely to push him up even further, along with Ace Bailey getting pushed up even further. Another site has uh, <laughs> Dylan Harper and Ace Bailey number one and number two right now. So yeah. we could be landing the number one and number two prospects in the country in 24. So I do think we need to step back and take some perspective as to where we are as a program. Things might feel really shitty right now, but like we said, the trajectory is up. And I think it's a Shianoism where uh, <laughs> progress isn't always linear, but it's so clearly pointed upwards for Paykel and the, the basketball team that uh, I don't think we should you know, get too down in the dumps to recent news, even though it does suck and we know changes need to happen pike knows changes need to happen from what we've heard he was very proactive after cam left in terms of like okay we got to start getting serious about nil what can we do and Mm -hmm. then sure enough the scarlet open is announced and i don't know if anyone has seen that it's uh, an event run by the Knight society it's at uh the edison top golf uh on july 23rd i think pricing is to be uh, released shortly um, but all that money is going towards basketball's NIL. I think their plan is to raise about a hundred thousand dollars for the NIL for basketball. That's huge. I do think Pike will be very involved with these kind of events moving forward. Uh, so stay tuned to that because I, I think he's he understands now what the game, how the game's played, and he's he's adaptable. If nothing else, like every time Pike has encountered a new obstacle, he changes his his thought process on it and tries to adapt. So
0: yeah. It's kind of touching on that, like Jacob Young leaves, sky's falling. Mm. It didn't fall. Montez Mathis left, maybe not the sky was falling. Maybe it was just like, all right, whatever for that one. Eugene Amaroui leaves at like midnight because he's bored. He just wants to post an Instagram thing at like Um, (laughs) 12.02. He leaves, everyone's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Ron Harper Jr. steps up, becomes a star. Miles yep. Johnson leaves. Can Cliff step up? I don't know. He's too skinny. Blah. He can't play in the Big Ten. He can't guard Kofi. He fouls Farrison. too much. Yeah, now, blah, blah, yeah. Now he's, he's probably the second best center in the Big Ten currently. Um. So, yeah, like, that's, let's be honest. Like, they've always replaced it. They replaced Eugene with Yaboa, who was a f- fucking perfect fit. Um. Jacob Young's defensive capabilities were phenomenal, but he he left, and he Caleb McConnell, who's the two-time defensive player of the year in the conference. Um and like I just said, Cliff, Quift is just no offense to Miles. Miles is a great player in his own right, but Cliff is just a better fit for for this game. And yeah, yeah so he's always found someone that was always better. So I'm not too concerned. I I mean like I said before, I'm not making this a giant hate fest, but I think Pike and Crew are gonna find someone very suitable to help or someone's gonna step up and replace the the contributions that Paul had. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um it's just to be seen who, because we we all also forget how big of a a improvement a lot of these players can make between year one and year two. Like I expect a big improvement from Derek Simpson this off season. Like he showed flashes at the end of the year. They kind of know what he can do now. And he's a guy who he's, he's, you know, he was experiencing, you know, 15,000 person crowds for the first time ever last Mm -hmm. year, he was coming in facing off against guys who had four or five years in a, a weight training program in college. He's now had a full year in that program. Um, I think you're going to see the biggest improvement on the roster from, uh, from Derek Simpson next year. And you're going to need it because we need help from our guards a lot next year. Um,
0: I mean, he had struggles. Don't get me wrong, but add some weight to him. He was a true freshman, true freshman that, like you said, didn't play like the big name schedules at Lenape and like other schools. Um, So let him get out there. I I really think Michael Davis might be a pretty solid piece after all. I know I, I wasn't the biggest fan of his, uh, commitment when he was first taken, but I keep watching more and more of him, whether it be these AAU tournaments or like some of his high school tape. And he's going to be a solid player. Uh, Maybe not like a super contributor year one, but he'll be a really solid player for them. So, Yep.
1: I agree. Um, Let's move on to football. So we were the first to report that Rutgers was showing interest in a a new transfer portal target who entered the portal uh, two days ago. He's a tight end from Maine. His name's Sean Bowman. Uh, I, I did the write-up on him. The, the connection with the staff is that he was recruited to Maine when Joe Harasimiak was the head coach, and Corey Heatherman was the defensive coordinator there. Uh, he had his best season as a college athlete last year. I think he played eight games, and he had like 30 catches for like 350 yards and five touchdowns. Um, he was a guy who graded out really well in PFF. I think he was PFF's 24th rated tight end out of about 500 qualifying tight ends. He's a big guy, 6'5", 255 pounds. He's got soft hands. He's not hes not a burner, but he's a very good receiver. Um, and since he's entered the portal, he's picked up quite a few offers. Rutgers offered him later that day after we reported the interest. Um, what are you hearing about Sean Bowman? This is an, a kind of a weird time for a guy to enter the portal right before like, uh, you know, summer reporting happens. Do mm-hmm. you think Rutgers has a chance here?
0: Uh, I do, actually. Um, like you said, there's the connections between Heatherman and Harris Simiak. Um, he's also a main native, so I'm assuming he probably wants to stay a little bit local-ish. And mm-hmm. r- honestly, Rutgers has a pretty big void at tight end. <laughs> they haven't had a good yeah. tight end since probably <laughs> Tyler Croft, if we're being 100% honest. Um,
1: yeah, unless you want to say Travis Vokalek. Uh, yeah. He, yeah.
0: He didn't really do much in his years, though. Like I, I thought he had potential, but he didn't do a whole hell of a lot, but then again, it's just, it's a uh, ash error. Offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. You <laughs> know, uh, nightmare scenario, nightmare fuel right there. But um, yeah, I know. I think, I think Rutgers has a pretty good shot. He's only got two offers announced from Mississippi state and Rutgers, but we were also told um, Colorado, Louisville, and someone else was after him as well. Oregon, Oregon um oregon you know just anyone that's out there that is productive it's like hey here's a bag you want to come here yep. you want to go to eugene it's beautiful let me tell you <laughs> yeah. uh, actually i did hear it's actually kind of nice but maybe not eugene but portland but besides point um mm. yeah so i mean i think ruckers has a pretty decent shot I, I definitely keep an eye on that one um and he's, he's super productive so there's that and Maine native, went to Maine University or University of Maine. I don't even know which, whatever it is. University of Maine, yeah. Yeah, University of Maine. Uh, And the connection, uh, the coaching staff makes a ton of sense. So let's let's see if Rutgers can uh, snag a pretty good tight end very, very late in the process. Um, That would be huge for them. And then that would be huge for their offense. I know it's a lot of new faces, a lot of new learning and stuff like that. But hell, if you get Bauman to go along with Brantley and Jaquay Jackson and Chris Long or Rashad Rochelle or Christian Dremel step up, it's like, all right, holy shit, you got some weapons now all of a sudden. So,
1: yeah, it is weird that we're going into year four of Shiano, though, of Shiano Mm -hmm. 2.0, and all of our top offensive guys are either struggling or they're transfers, or they're struggling and they were transfers. Like, that is pretty concerning. (laughs) Yeah, like, our top two receivers are like FCS or D two receivers. Like if we land this kid, it'll be an FCS tight end who will be starting for us. Like our best lineman last year was an FCS transfer. Uh, I, I mean, I hope that improves, but it seems like, and I, I don't know if it's, that's primarily because the offense we are running under Gleason. I think that's to be determined. Hey,
0: that's the wild offensive analyst to you.
1: <laughs> well, That's that's another funny uh, situation that just popped up. So former offensive coordinator for Rutgers, Sean Gleason, just joined uh, Northwestern as an analyst, an offensive analyst. And the way that coaching uh, contracts work is they use something called offsetting language, which basically means uh, if you fire me, you still have to pay me. But whatever my new job pays me offsets what you had to pay me. So, because he's joining as an analyst, he could basically get paid nothing. So, Rutgers is still mm-hmm. on the hook probably for the majority of that $1 million payday. Northwestern's probably paying him like a GA, probably like 50K or something like that. Yeah. And he's just going to help them probably prepare for Rutgers all offseason because mm-hmm. that's opening day. Rutgers-Northwestern. So, just one more way that Sean Gleason <laughs> is is fucking Rutgers over by joining Northwestern staff.
0: Yeah. Uh, and but- he either stays on and gets an assistant job or he just, it's like a one and done. And it's like, Hey, we beat Rutgers. You're staying on. Hey, you lost Rutgers you're you're out. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean,
1: I don't know how much a a win is worth to a college program when you break it down, but you know, whatever, if they pay him, you know, 50 K and he uh, has a few insights that help them, you know, Mm -hmm. create a tackle for loss or like a pass breakup. I mean, that's, And that helps towards a win that's definitely worth it on on, for them but let's hope that doesn't happen obviously because Rutgers needs to win opening day to have any chance at a bowl yeah Um, i'd say
0: 40k is worth a win to be honest
1: yeah no it's well for sure yeah here yeah take the money um last thing i have on my list is we have a big upcoming visitor weekend this weekend Yes. Lots of football recruits. Run us down uh, some of the – I guess we can go through the whole list if you want, but let's go through the highlights of the list.
0: There's a lot of people here. I don't feel like going through them all. There's a couple commits, so we're just going to go off to just uh, Sam Piloff with uh, linebacker, Matthew Ogunny, tight end, and Gabriel Winowich, athlete slash running back slash linebacker, just coming in as athlete and probably running back to start, though. After that, um, kind of looking mostly in the trenches, it seems like. Uh, Nair Daniels is coming down from Bergen Catholic. I don't expect him to go to Rutgers. I still have him as a Texas lean. Mason Carter is an interesting one. He's a Florida kid I'm keeping a close eye on. Uh, defensive end, uh, I believe it's Jacksonville, Florida, but I could be wrong on that. Um, he's one to keep an eye on. Devin Baxter out of Maryland's going up from uh, – he's a defensive end. Makai Byerson, defensive end from Virginia. Um, the one that I really am keeping a very, very, very close eye on is Araspathia, Erasmus Hall. Obviously, a ton of connections between Shiano and Erasmus Hall, Rutgers and Erasmus Hall. Um, it seems like any time they have a Power 5 prospect, Rutgers is right there near the top, if not landing mm-hmm. the E-Hall prospects, said E-Hall prospect. Uh, I f- kind of fully expect him to commit this weekend, to be honest with you. Um, Interesting. I know his his uncle, um, what's his name? Uncle Lenny. Yeah, uncle, <laughs> I feel like his Uncle Lenny <laughs> <see>. <laughs> Some guy on the boards. I don't know who he is. Uh, No, his his, uh, uncle Lenny uh, has been pushing ruckers on these kids for quite some time over in that New York area. And uh, sounds like this one's going to be the start of something. Um, So keep a close eye on him. Uh, There's a Georgia duo in Trayvon Maddox and Antonio White who are coming to campus. Trayvon Maddox is the true definition of athlete. Like he plays running back and safety for his uh, high school program, also wrestles. Runs track and field, and Rutgers is looking at him as a linebacker. So this man can just basically do just about anything. Um, so I would keep a really close eye on Traylon Maddox. And if they land him, I, I wouldn't be shocked if his teammate kind of just splurged and committed as well. And Antonio White, um, ton of offers for White. White is the better prospect. He's got a bunch of SEC guys from like Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, Mississippi State, he's got Louisville, he's got Texas A&M, Vanderbilt. He just visited last weekend for an official visit. So they can't land in that duo. That's huge for this recruiting class, which mm. is already significantly looking better. I know numbers-wise, it doesn't look better overall than last year, but when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be higher ranked than last year's. Um, and then uh, last but not least, I'd probably say keep an eye on Willie Love. I don't expect him to commit because he does still want to take some more visits but I think he's going to delay those visits till fall. But Rutgers is in a good spot there. Dakari Gilly, a safety slash DB out of uh, Florida University Christian high school and Jamari Howard, who is a former Michigan state commit. So he came to campus for the spring game. We were That's on right. the boards. He was a Michigan state commit when he was on campus. He is no longer a Michigan state commit. I was talking to the Michigan state site yesterday and he was actually supposed to take an official visit there this weekend, uh, East Lansing. And they're like, "Hey, did you hear anything?" And I was like, "Yeah, no, he's going to Rutgers." Like, I'm fully convinced. Like, I've I know for a fact he's going to Rutgers this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, what the hell?" This the staff over here didn't know. And I'm like,
1: <laughs>
0: "Mel Tucker, buddy, it's just yikes."
1: I keep chopping, Mel. Keep chopping. Yeah, seriously, but Loser. uh.
0: Yeah, getting him on campus is huge. Now, mind you, I'm being told it's really going to be hard to keep this kid out of the Sunshine State. He's going to Florida the weekend after, going to Florida State the weekend after that, and he's working on a visit to Miami as well. So general consensus is three Florida official visits, one to New Jersey. Uh, Kids from Florida. I feel like we're kind of – we know where this one's going a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, for the most part, that's it. Uh, Jack Hines, offensive lineman, keep a close eye on. Ajiboy, if Ajiboi, that might be the best pronunciation I've ever done of that name. Um, battle between Virginia, Northwestern, Rutgers there. Northwesterns next week, Rutgers this week. Uh, Montel Johnson is one to keep an eye on. It's Boston College, Kansas, Rutgers, Rutgers. You named Rutgers a favorite back in the spring, but it kind of tailed off a little bit. Now they're back in the race again. So we'll see if they can lock them up this weekend and uh, beat out uh, Lance Leipold and Jeff Halfley. What a fucking group right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll see. Uh, a lot of visitors. Uh, yeah. Uh... Over under. Let's do an over under on the amount of commits you expect coming out of this weekend. Uh, I'll set it at two and a half.
0: Over under. Ooh, that's a good one. Are we talking just like this upcoming week, like after, like, like? Is there a time limit to this? Because I'm thinking yeah, like so down let's... the line they could add like four of these guys. I'm thinking, Let's
1: say by Wednesday of next week, how many of these kids are committed to Rutgers? I'm going to go under un- two and a half.
0: I'm going to go under. I think it's okay. only going to be two, to be honest. Uh, but I do think like they're tra- they're tracking really well for Jack Hines, who doesn't want to decide till uh, late late summer. Um, they're tracking really well. I think the only one I'm keeping a close close eye on this weekend is Arispathia. The rest could commit there's like there could be a a Lumen Brothers situation where they're going into the weekend and they're like, Hey, we want to commit. And it's like, Oh wait, hold hold up. Holy shit. Let's get a graphic, get a graphic. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so it's possible, but, uh, I think Willie love down the line commits to Rutgers eventually. Um, yeah, I I think they have a good shot at a couple of these kids, but by next Wednesday I'm going to go with only two.
1: No, that's fair. I know that you also put in a future cast for Willie Love at some point. Yeah. And if he still wants to take visits, obviously you feel good about him ending up at Rutgers, but maybe not uh, after this weekend. Uh, but, you know, those things can change. Some guys, yep. you know, have seen all they need to see when they visit and they just want to shut it down, and that's not something that uh, you can anticipate. So
0: Yeah. Um, he's got some work to do off the field. So let's just go gotcha. it like that. And if that gets figured out, I think you'd be a commit very quickly. Interesting. So.
1: Um, all right. So we ran through a lot. Is there anything we missed that you wanted to touch on, uh, before we head out?
0: Um, not that I can really think of. Um, it's going to be a relatively quiet weekend. She golf outing on Monday. So, uh, we get to talk to Greg. If you guys have any questions, put them in the YouTube comments, the message board, DM me on Twitter. Uh, my DMs are open. Um, DM me on Instagram. If whatever you're listening to this on, just shoot me a comment on at Rutgers rivals on one of the social media platforms. We'll ask Greg, Anything within a reason. Um, I'm not going to ask like stupid shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I plan on sh- <clears throat> showing him how to drive on Monday. Uh, I, I, I will say I am in the outing. Um, I got to force him going. I'm not going to lie. My, my uncle is a pretty good, uh, pretty good golfer. And that's, that's my scramble partner right there. So um, that's, that's, hopefully we win this thing. And then um, if you see the night report sign, take a picture with it, tag us in it. And uh, maybe you will just get a t-shirt mailed your way from the night report. Ooh, so nice. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's pretty much it. It should be a fun outing. It's at fiddler's elbow. I've never played there. So if you guys got any pointers, uh, please let me know if I have to like cut the dog leg left. It ain't happening. If it's a dog leg, right. My slice will fit perfect. <laughs> um, so just, yeah. Yeah. Any, any tips or tricks uh, to, to the course? Let me know.
1: That's a isn't fiddler's elbow. Like, uh, haven't, PJ events not played there.
0: Uh, that's a good question. I know it's in Bedminster, um. So I'm gonna say I don't, I don't know, but I know it. it definitely was not cheap, So Yeah, but it's very good cause, and uh, they got like 54 holes, I think, too. So it's gonna be a lot of golfers. So uh, when I win this thing, it's gonna look even more impressive.
1: Yeah, well, good luck to you, and good luck to anybody yeah. else who's competing on Monday. Uh, it should be a great event. Uh, I know it's for charities, so it's a great cause as well. Um, want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everyone for uh, rating and review us, re- reviewing us. We're close to our 3,000 subs on YouTube. I mean, some people want free stuff. A lot of yeah, people don't the, apparently though. What's going on there? But what what are uh, we at? I guess now? we'll get there eventually. Uh, I think we're at like we're I think we're about 20 people away from from doing that giveaway. So. <gasps> If you haven't already, you need to you need to sub to the the YouTube channel. It's just Rutgers Football One on YouTube. Um, if you haven't, a lot of you have reviewed the pod at this point, and we really appreciate that. But if you have not, I, I just hope you do it at some point. You know, I know I'm lazy. I procrastinate with everything too, uh, but we need you on there. We need we're we're the, the highest rated Rutgers podcast. So we really appreciate you for that. But we wanna we want to grow that lead. Because we've seen in basketball, you get a ten point lead, you can't sit on that lead because that lead becomes five points at some point, and then the momentum shifts one way. We want that momentum going forward. We want to, we want to be without a doubt the the highest rated Rutgers podcast. So yeah, get on those ratings and reviews.
0: 117 right now, and uh, we're only winning by 16 points. So get some more reviews out there for the that's for Apple. At least. <laughs> I don't know about Spotify or anything, but yeah, that's the YouTube man. Come on, like you guys. You know. don't have to do anything. All you gotta do is click a button. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. It's right here. It's like somewhere down there.
1: Yeah, it's somewhere around here on the screen. Yeah. Anyway. So I uh, hope you guys all have a great weekend. We will see you when the news drops. If that's this weekend, I don't know. If we'll be on. But hopefully, uh, I don't know you know, hopefully on. no news drops.
0: Yeah, that's just let's cut it down to like maybe Sunday, okay? And then we'll figure Sorry. it
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this has been another edition of the Nerd Report Podcast. I